This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast where we take a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morse, and this week we preview the NCAA championships for the Bates swimming teams. Plus, conversations with our Bobcats of the week, Rocco Fantoni and Maisie Silverman. All that and more coming up on the Bates Bobcast. The men's lacrosse team won an epic 14-13 double overtime game Wednesday at Western New England. The Bobcats trailed by four goals in the fourth quarter, but rallied to force OT thanks to a Max Breshy goal with 43 seconds left in regulation. Neither team scored in the first overtime period, but Curtis Napton scored the game winner in the second overtime to make the four-hour bus ride home a happy one. Then on Saturday, the Bobcats welcomed Trinity to town, and Bates earned its first NASCAC victory of the season with a 15-7 win over the Bantams. Here are a couple highlights. Lestava sneaks through. Lestava switches hands. Lestava bounce shot. Score! What can you say about Matt Lestava? He's got the hat trick. Six to one. Breshi looking for some space. Breshi on the run. Fires and scores from the sharp angle with .9 left in the quarter. Top corner. What a pick, what a strike there for Bresci. After the game, we caught up with head coach, Peter Lasagna. Coach, when it's this windy and this cold, how has it changed the game at all in terms of your strategy and whatnot? Quite honestly, uh, it's not very different from what we practice in every day. Um, so we just try to, as much as possible, get them to focus on this play, this ground ball, this individual effort, and not think too much about the weather. Very low scoring first half. Things opened up a little bit more in the second half. What were the differences you uh, I just thought we started to move the ball really, really well in the um, up and down the field. You know, getting stops, getting the ball up off the ground, pushing transition. We got some nice transition opportunities. Some of them turned into goals. And then six on six, uh, I just thought we did a nice job when we inverted them behind the goal. We dodged really hard to the goal, got a couple goals off of that. And then when they slid to us early, we moved the ball really well for step down shots and, and they, they executed. Nice week, 2-0 and week. Uh, you had a thriller in the midweek in non-conference. Tell us about that game and how that went. Well, I'd like to say that that game got us ready for the performance that, that you just witnessed. Um, you know, I've been trying to get Wenick back on our schedule for a long time because they're really tough. They're really well coached. They're excellent. They had a face-off guy that was incredibly challenging for us. Um, and for this young team to get on a bus and drive almost four hours and uh, – be down four goals in the fourth quarter and just stay with it and stay with it and stay with it and find a way to tie it up and then win it in overtime is incredibly gratifying and incredibly confidence boosting for these guys and they brought that that's all we wanted to do is maintain that effort today and then today in the fourth quarter you were able to play some guys who maybe don't normally get in that was pretty cool right yeah it was great and we actually started out you know we i told the guys that we played more people on wednesday than we have played probably all year in a competitive game and i think it helped us be fresh in the fourth quarter so uh we wanted to take the same philosophy and the other thing is when it's cold like this if I let a midfielder sit for you know a quarter or a half, and then I look and try to put him in. He can't function. So we want to get a lot of people in early, and I'm I'm really glad those guys work really hard and practice every day. They deserve to play. Coach, thanks so much. My pleasure, Aaron. Thank you. Now it's time to talk to our Bobcats of the week. Junior Rocco Fantoni was a force on defense for the men's lacrosse team. With Bates trailing 13 to 12 against Western New England, 
Fantoni made the defensive play of the day, causing the Golden Bears to turn the ball over. He picked up the ground ball, and Bates successfully cleared it, calling timeout with 56 seconds left. Just 13 seconds out of the timeout, Bresci scored to force overtime. Bates won in double OT, and Fantoni caused a game-high five turnovers and recorded a team-high seven ground balls. He followed that up with two ground balls and another caused turnover against Trinity. And he is our male Bobcat of the Week. Rocco, first of all, the first time you arrived at Bates, I looked at the roster, I saw Rocco Fantoni. I'm like, that guy was made to play defense in lacrosse. <laughs> uh, where did your parents come up with the name Rocco? What's the story behind that? My parents are very Italian. They, uh, they, they love Italian names, and my mother you know, loved the name Rocco ever since she was a little girl, mm-hmm. and she just named me that, and I, I love the name. Absolutely. And then when did you start playing lacrosse? Uh, I started playing lacrosse as, as soon as I, as I remember, like as, as young as I was. Like I picked up a stick right away. Right when I was able to do that, and I haven't been, I've been playing lacrosse ever since. Your parents have any sort of lacrosse background? Or? Uh, yeah, my dad played at CW Post. Uh, my mom was a big lacrosse fan. She also went to CW Post as well and watched my dad play. And my brother also, he played at Lehigh, and he has been, has been a big uh, influence on my life. Have you always been a defensive guy? No, I used oh. to play midfield when I was younger, and you know I realized, man, I don't like getting hit, so why don't I just do the hitting for once? <laughs> Right, and you do have to use a long pole sometimes. How does that mix in terms of when you use it, when you don't? Uh, yeah, using a long pole, it's like I think it's having a big advantage. It's longer. I can uh, I can throw a lot more checks. I can be a little bit more aggressive on the field. Obviously, it's not doing well with my sh- uh, shooting percentage, but you know, maybe maybe one day I'll score. Well, we have seen a couple of guys get long pole goals this year. It must be cool to see. Yeah, it's it's really exciting to see having Jobin and Haskell score, and uh, hopefully uh, the rest of the defense can get more goals as well. Obviously, you've been a key component of the defense this year, um, causing those turnovers. What's the key for you to try to cause those turnovers? Uh, well, it all starts with our uh, coaches. You know, they they created a defensive style which allows all our all our close defensemen to be very aggressive and make those type of plays, and also like having trust in the rest of our teammates, like knowing that I can go out and just in case if I do like miss one of those checks, they always have my back. So it's always great to see that we're always on the same page. Great, and then tell us how you ended up coming up to Bates, because you're from New York, right? Yes. How did you end up coming up to Bates for college? Uh, I went to a few uh, recruiting tournaments, and you know, I met one of the old assistant coaches, and he was talking up Bates quite a lot, and I decided to take a, a visit up here, and I absolutely loved it. I'm all for colder weather. I'm not a fan of the warm weather, so obviously right now it's fitting pretty well. Maybe a little bit too cold for my taste, but... Um, you know, the campus is absolutely beautiful, and all the coaches and all the players that I met were absolutely amazing. Let's talk about this past week, Western New England. That game was pretty epic. I know you had a key cost turnover late. Take us through that play. Uh, you know, like, like I said, our coaches want us to be very aggressive, and, you know, uh, like I said, with also the trust in my teammates, I decided to push out at the right time, try to get the ball back, and I was able to pick off the pass, and we went up the field and got possession, and obviously in the end, Curtis and in hit the game-winning goal, which was absolutely amazing. Yeah, and double overtime. I mean, one of the more epic games you've been part of? Oh, yeah, definitely one of the most epic games. A little bit of a heart racer, but, you know, I had full confidence in my team that we were going to pull out the win. And speaking of cold weather, Saturday must have been right up your alley, right, against Trinity? Uh, maybe a little bit past my alley. It was a little bit cold, uh, but, you know, that we've been practicing in this since January and February, so we were, we were very uh, used to playing in this by now. Uh, last year, you know, um, as a sophomore, was your first real significant playing time, I would say. Yep. What was it like to have your, like, introduction to, like, this program in terms of actually being on the field to have an undefeated regular season like that? 
It was absolutely amazing being a part of that team, you know, having Faye, Weber, Freddie, all those guys. You know, that was great. And uh, obviously this year we're not have, not having an undefeated season, but you'd rather have, be, uh, be playing your best lacrosse in May and in March. And that's what we're, I think we're going to start doing now. And we've been looking really good, and our team has been clicking at all ends. Yeah, you guys had a brutal schedule to start the season, right? I mean, what was that like to get, uh, start off with, you know, RIT, Wesley, and Middlebury, those guys? Uh, I think it was a good experience, you know, starting off with the the harder teams in our schedule. Um, right off the bat, it shows like where we at, where we stand, and they were all very close games. And you know, right now I think we're we're just playing a lot better than we were then, and those were all close games. So I think towards the end of the season, you know, they're going to be even better games. What's been one thing maybe you've been working on as a defenseman these past couple of years to improve your game? Uh, obviously, been working on my speed, my footwork. You know, that allows me to get out and put a lot of pressure on the guys and going up against all these all, all my teammates in practice every day has provided me the opportunity to play against some of the best kids in the league and that's helped me advance my game to a whole nother level right yeah because you got to play defense against last year against like the charlie phase and the andrew melvin right yeah <laughs> i had to try to play against them all the time and that sometimes that wasn't fun to be a part of uh is it is there no more fun situation when the the ball's loose and you get to like go after people? <laughs> oh yeah, I love that. Once I see the ball on the ground, you know, me and especially all the other players on our team, we we focus hard on getting ground balls and out ground balling every other team. So when we see that ball on the ground, we're we're hustling, we're trying to get that ball no matter what. All right, you got Keene State here. We're talking on a Tuesday, Keene State this evening, and then you've got Williams this Saturday. Where are some keys you think this week? Um, well, those two teams are very great teams. They're they're very good on offense and very solid on defense. So, what what I think we need to be doing is obviously win that 50-50 ground ball battle. We need to push transition, and we just need to limit, you know, how many uh, goals they put in back of the net. All right, Rocco Fantoni, male Bobcat of the week. Thanks so much. Thank you for having me. Our female Bobcat of the Week is senior women's tennis captain Maisie Silverman. She went 2-1 and one at number one doubles and 2-1 and one at number one singles over the weekend in Virginia for the Bobcats. Bates is off to a 7-3 and three start on the year, and the team's lone senior joined the Bobcast again to give us some more insight into her background. Well, Maisie Silverman, you're back with us on the Bobcast in person this time this week. <laughs> Female Bobcat of the week. You went 2-1 and one in singles, 2-1 and one in doubles down in Virginia. Get that in a moment, but a little bit about your background first. Growing up in Brunswick, when did you start playing tennis, and why did you start playing tennis? I started playing tennis when I was like 10. Originally, I'm from Boston, but actually both of my parents went to Bowdoin, so they love Maine so much, so we moved back to Brunswick. And at Brunswick, I played for Brunswick High School. I actually won the individual state championship, so I was main state champ, and the team state championship, so that was awesome, main roots. And I know I want to go to school in Maine. Um, I was looking at different NESCACs, and obviously living in Brunswick is a little too close for home, so although my parents were rooting for Bowdoin, um, I decided to go to the rival, Bates. Right, right. But, uh, like, before even high school, why did you start playing tennis in the first place? Um, so I think my parents have just really been big on sports. Um, they put a lot of my siblings in different sports, so I started playing with my dad when I was, like, six at our country club, Longwood Cricket Club. But my brother's actually, he doesn't play tennis, but he just won the National Collegiate Championship for snowboarding, oh. so that's crazy. But a big sports family, for sure. 
big sports family. You said like almost all of them went to Bowdoin. So what is their reaction to you right. being here I at Banks? Know. So on my mom's side, like 12 people went to Bowdoin. My dad went to Bowdoin, like I said. Um, so no one in my family has gone to Bates before. But I love the coach, and I love just what Bates could offer. So they're really happy I went here, and I think it's the perfect fit. So what makes Coach Gastengay so good, at least, right. at least for you, and improving your tennis? Coach Gastengay just really cares about um, – the team and how hard we compete he's not necessarily focused on you have to win um, but he's really helped us a lot with mentally being tough um, and persevering that way we've talked about a little bit about your off the court uh, pursuits I guess here right. at Bates uh, um, in tennis even though like wh how did that develop um, well I think obviously tennis is really important and I think sports is really important especially in Maine um, so in high school it was really important for me to give back, and I, Maine Pines, like my home club, I brought various uh, elementary students over to Maine Pines, and I tried to incorporate that too with some of the Lewiston schools. Um, also, just being on SAC, we've done a lot of community service, giving back with like the sports teams, the Farwell um, food drive we just did. Also, mental health, I think, is a big part too, and giving back that way and trying to incorporate the different aspects where we can give back to the community, but also incorporate sports as well. So this past weekend down in Virginia, always some tough opponents, right? Mm -hmm. How does that prepare you for the heart of the NESCAC schedule? You right. Definitely, it was uh, a lot of adversities. We were playing indoors for the first two matches, which was kind of hard because there's no ads. Um, but we had great matches. The first match, I, the first singles match I actually played was against Case Western, who was the other leadership winner, which was cool. Oh. <laughs> um, but it went to a third set tiebreak, and I actually... Um, saved a match point and I won 11-9 which was cool but I think the team too just having that opportunity to compete against a little more challenging teams has really prepared us for the NESCAC um, I think again our focus is just how hard we compete and that we're fighting for each other and that we're not trying to play necessarily the shirt that we're fighting against you mentioned the leadership award when do you find out if you win that I know you're a finalist oh yeah <laughs> um, so basically the next steps are um, due April 16th, so I think it's probably at the end of this, like by May probably I'll mm -hmm. figure it out, but it's basically just sending in my resume and another letter, so we'll see how it goes. Excellent, and we touched on that last week on the yeah. phone, but uh, what does it mean for you to be a finalist? What was it, um, you know, when you found out, what was your reaction? Right. It's honestly such an honor, and I'm so privileged to have that, and I think it means even more. Um, it was a process, like various people had to write me recommendations um, to just kind of realize that I'm a leader in various aspects on and off the court really means a lot to me, and obviously I want to carry that out for my team and carry that out through my experience at Bates. As a senior, you must be so happy to see the success some of these first years I've had this year, right? right. Oh, it makes me so happy, and it's just, like, the passion that everyone has for tennis this year is crazy. Like, everyone wants to be at practice. Everyone wants to stay later. Everyone wants to help each other and cheer each other on, which I definitely think, like, from my experience has changed. So it's great to see kind of how we've developed this team culture, um, that everyone's so proud of everyone, especially like Hannah Sweeney, Haley stepping up. Um, we've had some injuries with Bella, so like the second day, everyone had to move up a spot. Um, so just to see how like they aren't caring at all and just going out there and competing no matter what spot or no matter what challenge they go against um, is really motivating. Well, the second day, that was a 5-4 win, right? Yes, 5-4 <laughs> Pretty dramatic. Who had the decisive win there? 
Um, I think actually it was my match that had oh. the decisive win. <laughs> but we had a lot of close doubles matches. Yeah. Actually, I think everyone was down at a point. Like, I know the third doubles was down, and they came back. They're down 6-3, and then they came back, which was amazing to see. Um, again, like, there's just a ton of adversities being inside. It's really hard, like all of these girls were such tough competitors so kind of getting over that and just controlling the controllables and fo focusing on the next point kind of could you elaborate a little bit more about what makes indoors in that situation right. more difficult than maybe it would yeah. be so basically indoors there was more difficult because normally you play ads so like if it's deuce the next point wins the game so okay. it's like auto it's automatically so i think that puts a little more pressure on that um as well, it's at 7-7, seven, seven, you play, for doubles, you play tiebreaker, and that's actually what happened to Bella and I at, during that match, um, and we pulled out the tiebreak win, which was cool. So interesting, so it had nothing to do with the conditions, but more the rule change? The rule change, yeah. Interesting. And I mean, obviously the conditions too, like yeah. on our last match on Sunday, we had to go outside, so like the conditions really changed, and it was hard to kind of get a groove with the outdoors and the wind. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, because I mean, outdoors that brings right. the whole weather into yeah, it. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> so, I guess it goes back to controlling the controllables yeah. and just focusing on what you can do, which is like your footwork, where you see the ball, um, just you know those type of things. Now, there's a little time between now and uh, I believe right. you're at Tufts for your yeah. next match. So they're obviously a tough opponent, but that's pretty good for the team, right? Because it's a good right. chance for you want to get definitely. healthy. Definitely, I yeah. think it's perfect. I think it's just what everyone needs. Um, obviously, we've been playing a lot. Three days of row matches is a lot, especially with our injuries. So I think what we're going to do is take a little time off. But obviously, we have some things to work on, and we know what to work on from the matches. But we're really excited, and we're ready for Tufts. All right. Maisie Silverman, our female Bobcat of the Week. Thanks so much. <laughs> Thank you. The Bates women's and men's swimming teams send a combined 11 athletes to the NCAA championships in Indianapolis this week. Six women and a record five men are going. And head coach Peter Casares gives us an in-depth preview, starting with why Bates was so successful, in particular, sending relay teams to nationals this year. What we've done here at Bates since I've got here is focus a ton on team and kind of swimming for Bates College first and foremost. And we've started that process by talking about how um, amazing things happen on relays very often, and you can swim your best when you're swimming for your teammates. And over the 10 years we've been here, that's been something that has always been um, part of the program and evolved to become one of the staples in our philosophy. And so I think what we saw this year was individuals that swam for each other better than they ever have. And when we got to opportunities in relay races that we felt, wow, this relay has a chance at getting to nationals. Um, this relay is very competitive when we're all four together. They really embraced those situations more so than anything else that happened this year and said, I, I will not be denied. Um, and they came up really big in relay swims throughout the course of both NESCAC meets, um, broke records and um, swam lifetime best splits, and um, here we are sending 11 to nationals, and we have five relays for both men and women that have legitimate chances of scoring top 16 in the country, um, and that's that's something we've never had on both sides. You know, we've had to go and, and do four out of five relays, or hey, we got invited in three out of the five events, and this year, I really feel like we could turn a lot of heads by having all five relays score at the meet, and that would be a pinnacle achievement for the program. We'll see if it happens or not, 
you know, but we're going to give it a shot and we're in a position to actually think that it's very possible, um, especially after what we've seen these last three weeks in the water. All right, well, let's talk about some of the individuals going. I'll give you the name and you give me your thoughts on their seasons. Uh, first year, Caroline Apathy headed to NCAAs. Yeah, Caroline came into the program in great shape after a summer of swimming and um, success at the YMCA Nationals. Um, and then she just kind of continued wide-eyed and, and open to everything we did. Very different type of training for her this year. Um, she um, even talked with me um, as, as she was going through our first taper for NESCAX about how she was a little bit nervous. Um, but she trusted it, and she went in there and didn't just destroyed every event. She swam with lifetime bests and um, looked amazing all the way through it. So it was just a great story of someone following what we do and then experiencing a lot of success based on the confidence she built. Junior Lucy Foss headed to Nationals for the second time in her career. Yeah, Lucy um, continues to just pick up a little bit here and there every single season to the point where she's doing so many things right that we know that when it comes time to swim your best, she's going to be on and she's going to be consistent and she's going to have a performance that we can depend on. This year it was great seeing her go a lifetime best in her 500 and her uh, mile she swam some amazing splits for us um, throughout our relay races and was huge, hugely valuable. And now she is um, going to nationals again in our eight free, 800 free relay um, and ready to destroy a 200 free and swim fast. Excellent. So a pair of sophomores in Yannicka Ho and Monica Sears, uh, they were big last year and they're going again this year. Yeah, both of them are tremendous athletes. Um, and, you know, they, they went through a sophomore year where – you have um, a lot of expectation on you from the year before, and they juggled that extremely well. Classes got tougher as a sophomore. <laughs> they juggled that really well. Um, and now they're both going to the meet in a great position to take advantage of the talent they have and put down some fast time. So I can't wait to see those girls take what they learned from last year and apply it to um, a really successful sophomore year NCAA meet. And then a pair of seniors as well. Uh, Hope Logan, one of the captains, a Mainer, and then Logan McGill as well. Uh, and and Logan, uh, Hope Logan for the second time. Logan McGill, fourth time she's been there every year. Yeah, Logan is such a stud. I mean, we can depend on her um, to swim her best on a relay whenever we need it. And um, it's a tribute to her and her team first mentality. So, yeah, Logan can have great swims and good swims. But when it comes time for a relay race, um, she's always there for her team. And she's so darn talented. It's just so fun to watch her swim. Um, and I think she's in a really great place to have um, an amazing last NCAA meet. Hope Logan has been the glue of this program this year, just taking on every event possible from a 400 IM to a 200 free to a breaststroke event, um, butterfly events. I mean, she's done it all for us um, in, in dual meets and practice um, and in her leadership skills. And it's just wonderful for her to go a lifetime best in her freestyle races, um, be all NESCAC on relays for the first time ever, and then go off to nationals and swim with her team her senior year, um, being extremely versatile and help us out in a million different ways um, from being on deck and being a leader to being in the water and going a really fast split. So that's the women's swimming team. Before we get into the individuals for the men, this is a record number of men going to NCAAs for the program. We got five of them this year. I mean, and, and a number of them are seniors as well. And for you personally, this must feel very gratifying because I know when you first started here, the men's swimming program needed a little building, right? Yeah, I mean, it was small when we were yeah. here. Um, tremendous quality of human beings and, and tremendous improvement among them because they bought in and they were Bates kids um, and Bobcats in their heart. 
Um, but to know that we have five going off to nationals and three of them being seniors that developed so much while they were here on this campus um, is a tribute to the people that came before them and themselves, obviously. Um, so, you know, when you guys got guys like Teddy Pender and Riley Ewing um, who can score at the national meet individually, um, it is it is just awesome to to have them there their senior year, still swimming fast, still getting better. Um, then you've got Johnny DePew, who's one of the best relay swimmers I've ever coached, um, can step up and really get excited to race. Um, and he's just been such a valuable kind of hype guy for us. Um, and then to round it out with um, Alex Bedard, who was um, one of our top recruits ever bringing into this program, to see him kind of jump into a role as a junior and get to the first national meet of his experience um, is so exciting. Um, and to see all that hard work from the last two years pay off with such a role that he played this year. Um, stepping in for a guy like Dan Walpole, who holds our school records, who held them, um, and then um, you know being a captain and a leader last year, and to have him gone and, and Bedard as a junior jump into that role was just so impressive without hesitating at all. And then we had a really breakout year from sophomore Tanner Fuller, probably one of the most talented guys I've met can do it all. He's won an event for us against Bowden in the 500. He's also our sprint freestyler. Um, he's got really um, an upside like you wouldn't believe. And so to see him kind of break through his sophomore year and get an invite to the national meet where he can swim a bunch more races, I can't wait to see what happens. Well, it's interesting you touched on Bedard stepping in for Walpole because Walpole kind of came out of not nowhere, but he was under the radar and then as a senior kind of had a breakout season, whereas Bedard, you mentioned, was like a top recruit now. Got kind of, it shows there's different ways to get to nationals, right? Yeah, so Walpole really came on the scene his junior year mm -hmm. um, and went some B cuts, but um, didn't necessarily get invited to the meet on the relay. Um, we just missed out that year. In his senior year, um, he came out and... Walpole's just one of the greatest meet performers I've coached. I mean, out of nowhere, he'll drop three seconds and, and pass people that have been ahead of him all year long. And so that that's hard, you know, as a, as a freshman and sophomore to see a guy on the team just destroyed at the biggest meets and go, wait, where did he come from? I was taking it to him all year long um, is, is like it makes you really happy for the guy, but it makes you go, wait, how does he do that? Um, and Bedard knew when when – when Dan left last year that he was had a shot at these medley relays and being our top breaststroker and he worked hard over the summer um, and he continued to kind of take a steady improvement path you know a little bit each year and then this year he had kind of a big breakthrough with his 200 breast which he's swimming at nationals because he got a B cut mm -hmm. um, and then he put up some amazing splits on our relays for us and it showed the other three guys that were there with Walpole last year that wow we can depend on this guy he is his best when we need him to be his best and that that's awesome. That's awesome to see. And I want to talk about senior Jonathan DePew a little bit, Midwest guy from Ohio. Uh, you're you know going to Indianapolis for this. The family, I assume they'll all be there. This is a, a long line of DePews. And is, is this the last one? This is it. Yeah. Um, Ten years of coaching DePews <laughs> is is all going to wrap up this week in Indianapolis, and I am I am so excited to see the entire DePew family come out for this um, meet. So. Um, I will see uh, Nathaniel, Emily, Caroline um, at the meet. Uh, Brenda and Mark will be there too, their parents, and they'll all be cheering on Jonathan. Um, and I'm sure we'll all get out to dinner um, with the team and do some reminiscing and um, just kind of reflect back on the experience they've had with Bates College in their life and 
how much of an impact it's made on me and my program and and there'll be a lot of thankfulness and gratitude going around for sure so it's been it's been a phenomenal experience to and a unique one to have a family that close to the program trust you um, and their kids trust you and uh, for all of them to improve and get a great deal out of this program and help them grow has been um, a real tribute to Bates College um, and and the family, the DePews. And then speaking of supportive parents, I mean, Teddy Pender's family I know is all over social media, very supportive of the swimming program, and Pender's been such a huge contributor, hasn't he? Yeah. Teddy um, was one of those guys that really put Bates on the map um, for the men's program, um, as crazy as it sounds, you know, because you got Riley Ewing there scoring just as right. many points, but there's something special about Teddy winning conferences his, his sophomore year um, and then winning the 100 free his junior year. And then this year um, he was sick at the conference meet and he still stepped up um, and was a crucial part to every one of our relays that is going off to nationals. Um, and so he has just evolved from a swimmer that wanted to go lifetime bests and, and make it to big, big, fast meets to a guy that's there for his team first and foremost. And his parents have just loved the evolution of Teddy Pender that's occurred here at Bates College, the maturation, the growth, the development. Um, and they've been so supportive of the experience and what he's done here and so proud of their son. So it's been wonderful to have them as a part of their program, um, traveling all the way from Oman many times um, throughout his four years here. And they'll be down in Indy with us um, just reveling in the last go at, at, a, at, a, at a big championship meet with a team around you that you really love. And then Riley Ewing, fourth NCAA parents, he's gone every year. Has this been done before for the men's program? As far as I know, he's our first guy to make it to all four years and, and get invited to the meet. So um, Riley is, is, like I said, he's kind of behind the scenes, kind of a quiet, um, unsung hero, even though his – his stats are just unbelievable, but Riley's a quiet kid and he goes about his business and he takes care of it. And, um, we have been so lucky to watch him go. I mean, he came in at 154 in the 200 back and he ends up going 147. You know, he came in at 53 in the hundred back and he goes 49. And so he has developed tremendously and just put relays on his back as our leadoff guy, um, and been there. Um, and then, um, just put together some amazing swims to punch his ticket to nationals, when it's been easy and also when it's been really tough. And so to see him do that, I think, has really inspired the team um, at many different levels um, with that kind of quiet leadership that he has and that ability to be counted on. I remember that one year he, like, snuck into that one event, right? We didn't even know he was going until, like, the last minute. <laughs> yep. Yeah, he was, like, fourth on the alternate list. Um, and then, lo and behold, some things unfolded that allowed him to get to that meet. And um, it's just so much better when you're bringing a men's and women's team to the pro, to the big meet. Uh, it's just good for everybody, and he went there and really enjoyed it. So it's it's great to see him here um, having the senior year that he deserves. All right, I'm going to put you on the spot for the last question. You have to name one event you're most excited about to see at Nationals. Oh, geez. Um, I'd have to say I'm going to go with the 400 freestyle relay. Um, it's the last event of the meet. Okay. Um, and it's, it's a relay event that um, our women have been invited in and our men haven't. Um, but they were one second away from getting invited in that race. And um, what we're seeing right now makes me think that they might turn some heads and surprise some people. So I think that we could be ending off the meet 
um, on the last day with both relays representing Bates College in the last event with a chance to be All-Americans and break some school records. So it's it should be um, really exciting kind of culmination to it. Um, there are a lot of other events, obviously, I can't wait to see, but something special about being your best in that last swim of the, of the meet, um, and they're in a position to do that with, uh, with great teammates all around them. Yeah, and just to clarify, I, I guess I lied about the last question. If you're there, even if you're not invited, you can still compete in it, right? Right, so we've got five guys there, and we can put them together in any combination into the other relays. You have to get invited, and then you can swim all the relays that are there. Um, And so we are um, invited on the medley relays, um, but the fact that we brought two different freestylers with us, Tanner on the 400 medley and Johnny on the 200 medley, uh, allows us to be competitive in our um, and our freestyle relays because Teddy's our school record holder in the 50 and the 100 free and he swam butterfly on the relays so now we have three great freestylers yeah. right and then between Riley and, and Bedard we've got um, guys that can step up and swim at a national level um, in those races also so we have some really great shots um, at events that we weren't necessarily invited in same thing with my women on the 400 medley they're going to be really fast too because we're going to put up four different women than we did at conferences and that should be fun All right, Peter Casares, thanks so much. You bet. Keep watching us. We're going to be fast. The women's lacrosse team fell to Trinity on Saturday, but they get a chance to bounce back this Wednesday when the Bobcats host Roger Williams. And next time on the Bates Bobcast, we'll tell you how our swimmers fared at Nationals, plus, weather permitting, it's the return of the Bates baseball team to the Diamond this weekend at Salem State and Endicott. We will have a full recap of the week for lacrosse and men's tennis as well. All that and more next time on the Bates Bobcast. Bates, Bates, my